So how do you feel about the show coming out? Are you excited? Are you nervous about it? So excited and definitely nervous at the same time because, you know, there's, because it's two days left, I'm just so excited when it comes out. I don't, I'm not so sure how others will see me, but hey, it's just me. I'm just having fun. I'm just being myself. Yeah, absolutely. That's the most important thing. Okay, guys. Hello and welcome to a all new episode of We Have the Receipts. I'm Chris Burns. And I'm Lawrence B. Hamilton. And today we have such an amazing episode. Mm -hmm. So we're obsessed with both seasons of the Australian version of Love on the Spectrum. Mm -hmm. And we're just as obsessed, if not more so, honestly, with the first season of the U.S. version, which just dropped May 18th. Mm -hmm. And Lauren, we have an amazing show today. Oh, man, I'm so excited. And I know we're going to kind of get into the show details a little bit more, but... This show, like, touched me so much, it actually made me cry. So this is definitely a Lauren show, y'all. I think this is a nice crossroads, because I yeah. I laughed, I cried. There is drama, which makes it a Chris oh, show. Oh, yeah. This show has everything. All the feels. Absolutely. Listen, we can talk about it all day, because I definitely can. But, guys, watch the trailer, come back, and we will discuss, and you'll meet some of the amazing people from the show. Are you looking for love? Uh, yes, unquestionably so. I don't want to be alone. I want to find someone. I haven't dated in 33 years. Uh, you could imagine I have to kiss many frogs to find the right guy. <laughs> nope. Everyone is different. Correct. Whether you're on the spectrum or not. We are, however, all looking for the same thing. Respect, understanding, and a whole lot of love. My autism affects my social interactions. We're going to Google date topics. Do you see this in bold right here? The stakes are so much higher. <laughs> Through this process, he might find love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My ideal partner would be somebody who can depend on me. We want to depend on each other. To have a lovely lady, that would be an absolute dream. Sometimes it can be challenging to find someone who doesn't write her off based off a diagnosis. Here I go. Sorry, I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> <laughs> You okay? I'm nervous too. I think you are so hot. <laughs> I got the giggles. What are your dreams? My dreams is to meet somebody. Whoa. <laughs> and I finally got to meet you, and I think you're really cool. I like her so much. This is so fun. You're my lion, and I'm your lioness. I really like how you hold my hand. Cheers to us autistic people that are coming over leaps and bounds, now possibly finding love. <laughs> what do you want to do in the future? Imagine what you and I do if we go have an adventure. <gasps> Seeing from the heart and from the soul is much more important, and I think this is what true love means. It's going to be a new chapter, yes! Yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot, and... I'm so excited to talk to two of the two of the stars of the show. We have yes. autism expert Jennifer Cook, mm-hmm. who we see throughout the show, and Danny Bowman, who is on the show looking for love. And I'm really excited to talk to her. I need some dating advice myself. But before <laughs> we get into that, did you see that Kane from Bling Empire was named ambassador of Fenty Beauty? Yes, I did see that. I mean, I definitely love all things Rihanna and all things Fenty. Uh, and Kane, you know, kudos to you. I have to say, yeah. I, I'm a little jealous. You know, Me too. I'm a little jealous. I'm glad we're not going to put up a facade here because 
My congratulations is very like, congratulations. I know, like that Tyrese video where he's crying like, congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's great. That's awesome. I mean. I wonder because Rihanna like famously loves reality TV. So mm, I'm assuming she is a Bling Empire fan. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. And like, what a dream come true to be one of Fenty Beauty's faces, if you will. I know. We'll be there. I want to walk oh, yeah. in that. Oh, we're, in those... we're coming. Rihanna, you know, she maybe she lost our email or whatever. Yeah. But it's cool. You know, we're out here. It. <laughs> maybe it's, when Love is Blind season one came out, maybe she wasn't. Mm-hmm. She was busy. She was still. That's well, why she was. What she was still making like mm-hmm. uh, I was going to say making music. But even back then, she wasn't making new music. <laughs> she wasn't. Yeah, she was, <laughs> she was doing something. But that's OK, Riri. But congrats to Kane because that's definitely huge. And that's awesome. And I'm sure that he's very excited by that. Because he's very oh, serious sure. about his face, honey. So it'll be know, a third season. This is going to be his whole like in the third season. Oh, that'll yeah. be the thing he drops. Right. That he's an ambassador of, of Fenty Beauty. That's true. So maybe he can stay out of other people's business. Hello, somebody. There's, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a real housewife of New York who will often say like that as a brag that Rihanna wears her clothes. She makes like t-shirts oh, and stuff. See. But it's I mean, I would brag, brag about that too. Yeah, me too. It's just a funny thing to throw in when she's arguing with like a woman about. And that's why Rihanna wears my clothes. Like, what and are not we talking yours. about? Yeah. She's literally like, bitch, I don't care if you like me. Rihanna likes me. <laughs> and that's that's a good flex, though. I got to give it to her. I mean, yeah, totally. I'll probably be I mean, pulling that out my back pocket, too. <laughs> me too. I say it and it's not even true. Right. You know, I've seen you and Kim Kardashian's relationship online, Chris. I know how it goes. See, if only she saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I know how it goes. Anyway, what else happened this week? The third batch of the Circle Season 4 episodes have officially dropped. Mm-hmm. They're really stringing us along on these episodes of they are. the season of the Circle. They definitely are. They have people on bated breath. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm ready to see it all conclude. And then, you know, next week is going to be a super big show for us because we're going to have some... You know, some day ones from the circle. We're going to have some cast members who are going to share their experience, some favorites. I don't know if we're saying names yet, but. I think we can, but I don't think we can. Obviously, we can't say mm-hmm. the winner of season mm-hmm. four, oh, yeah, yeah. who we will also winner, be yeah. stopping by. Mm-hmm. So you guys will have to wait and find out about that because I think we'll probably get in a lot of big trouble if we say it. Yeah, that's true. So we don't want to do that. So stay yeah. tuned, y'all. Stay tuned. But should we get into recapped? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so guys, love on the spectrum, US. I I have a friend who's obsessed with the original version, and Mm -hmm. she kept hounding me to watch it. And it's like, it's so rare that I find like a dating show that genuinely makes me like laugh, cry, and feel everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And this was like 100% one of them. The first one, of course, was You're in Cam's Love Story, Love is Blind Season 1. And now Love on the Spectrum US. (laughs) This show was just so amazing. And it has so many different layers to it. And just, you know, dating is is hard enough, right? Mm. So then it's like... Yeah, you layer that with, you know, something like a disability, 
which, you know, can make it even that much more difficult. And I really enjoyed this show because I love just kind of like the commonality that you see um, just in dating in general. But also, I think people misjudge people. Mm-hmm. You know, they have these preconceived notions. And I really love how this show kind of tore that layer back and showed, hey, at the end of the day, we're all human. We all want to be loved and we all want to be respected. So I really, really enjoyed this show. So much so, guys, that I cried at the end just because it was so beautiful to just, like I said, to see the human aspect of people. And, and that's my yeah. jam. I'm all about humanity and things like that and and love, love stories and even totally. people's love for themselves and, and confidence. So this was a great show for me. And I think it really also gives like a good outlook into the spectrum because I mm-hmm. feel like people hear that word and automatically think of one thing or the other. And I feel yeah. like this really showed the spectrum of the spectrum for lack of a better (laughs) absolutely and there's so many amazing people on the show we have james who he's he was the 34 year old he was prone to agitation anxiety his dad tells him to pay for his date's dinner but then she offers to split the check and he takes her up on it (laughs) yeah Listen, if someone's going to offer, I'm like... I was going to say, I, I know a few guys that would have did the same thing, so... I know many of guys who wouldn't have offered to begin with. Right, it just would have been like, so I got my half, you you yeah. got yours, you cool, like... Uh, or I forgot my wallet. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do we think that James got friend-zoned because he didn't pay for that first date? You know what? That could have definitely been a... Uh... <laughs> That could have been a a part of it for sure, because what would you do? Like if someone doesn't pay for the first day, are you like friend zoning them immediately? Are you like, well, you know, I don't mind splitting type of person. I, I feel like I would split. I mean, I guess it's also a little different in like gay dating Mm -hmm. because it's not the same like um, traditional roles, Mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, But if someone offers to pay, then it's definitely like a check that's, on my list yeah but what do you think do you think that women should offer you know what i guess i'm old school chris because i feel like it's the first date like you know what you you pay for me i'm i'm the lady you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and i feel like i still believe in like courting and courtship now i guess it is kind of different if it's the lady who asked you out you know what i'm saying and if she's the one to initiate hey do you want to go get lunch i guess it will be kind of strange yeah. I don't know. I just feel like the dude should no, totally. say, especially for the first date. That's just totally. Me, and That's not just to me. go not to go there, but like women still do get paid less than men in general. Um, yes, okay. So exactly. if things are going to be unfair in that sense, then at least <laughs> they should pick up the at first check. At least pay for the first date. What I found really interesting is that the in the follow-up he says that him and the girl whose name I can't is escaping me, they go to the to the Renaissance fair together. Yeah. And then she asked just to be friends. And I was like, well, they'll, they'll never see each other again. But then in the follow-up, they say that they actually did yeah. maintain a friendship. So good they for them. Did. They started going to different events together, which to me is like, you know, hey, sometimes a really good, solid friendship it can be just as valuable as a romantic relationship. You know totally. what I'm saying? So good, good for them. Yeah, really. Good for them. Also on the show, we actually see Abby, who's 23. And, you know, she has a love for Disney princesses and stuffed animals. And she goes on a date with a gentleman and they actually end up finding love. And I just thought that it was just so beautiful. And, you know, they I loved Abby. She was like, Mm -hmm. I thought, so fun. And I was so happy that she found love because I was like, this girl is just like such a ball of 
fun and like love to give. Mm-hmm. And I'm obsessed with animals as well. So the whole time that they were on the date, I'm like, this is a dream date. Especially yeah. like I thought that was so nice and their families got along, which obviously isn't always the case in mm-hmm. reality dating shows or dating in real life. Oh, yeah. And, you know, she wants to be treated like nothing less than the princess. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that as well. You know, totally. And he brings Treat her, her like the, the queen she is. Yes. Yeah. And she says that. She's like, I want to be treated like a princess. And then he gives her a gift every time. Oh, I know. I loved it. I loved it. And then we have Kaylin. I thought Kaylin was really, her Her story was very interesting when she went on. Yeah. So she's 24. She's unimpressed with Tinder in South Carolina. Although I hate to break it to her, Tinder sucks everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then she goes on like the speed dating um, events. Oh, the which old speed date. I, I don't think I could... I would be so, way too nervous to go yeah. speed dating. That's very like anxiety driven for me. Like, yeah, every well, minute I did would love is feel... blind, so I kind of did speed dating too. But oh, it's I forgot. Do, 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 do. It's like, ah. Yeah, but see, you're very. That's a very brave thing to do. I mean, love is blind mm-hmm. in general, but I think I would be just. I I would black out. I would be watching the show <laughs> and be remembering it for the very first time. Right, like, oh, that's what I said. And then the one guy, remember the one guy that is talking to her and looks at her name tag and then calls her by the wrong name? I was obsessed with that. Yeah. When he's like, nice to meet you, Tori. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, sir. Listen, I love the confidence. If you're not going to know someone's name, <laughs> I mean, at least yeah, make he, it up. He definitely had confidence behind that. Also, I know that she, it was hard for her finding in her area someone who wasn't into like hunting and as she jokes, poses with dead in- animals on their Tinder profile. Yeah. Which is like, you know, they say that that's a Southern thing. and But then the guy was like, yeah, the women do it too. So I did like that perspective where he's like, I don't think it's a guy thing. I think here it's just like a Southern thing. Right. It's just a Southern thing. Yeah. But I do know a lot of my, my female friends that complain about men who have the dead fish. That's like a very mm. typical thing. And I live in New York and that still happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's like people want to show off their hunting Whatever. Yeah. But she does meet a really nice and handsome man. Mm-hmm. She does. And they both seem really into each other. She reveals she's on the spectrum to him, something she says that she doesn't do because she's had negative experiences mm-hmm. after revealing it in the past. But then he never follows up on the second date. Mm-mm-mm. Men ain't shit. You, they really ain't, you know? <laughs> anyway, I tell you someone who did kind of steal my heart from the show. His name was Steve. Yeah. He's 63 and... You know, he had shared a story that he's pretty much been struggling all of his life and that, you know, we were going to see him go on his very first date and uh, that his assistant was helping him to navigate eHarmony. And I kind of laughed because I think that his assistant or someone was like, eHarmony, that's that's the old site. I was like, oh, <laughs> man, he's, he's trying. OK, he's trying. He was trying. And I haven't heard of anyone going on eHarmony in a long time. In a long time. But also I'm like, it's it's still probably more difficult than the apps. Like to do like Tinder Bumble and stuff. I don't think oh, he it's had like any of online, those. like an online profile. eHarmony, I th- yeah, is like a online, like you have to go to eHarmony.com. Unless oh. maybe they've developed an app wow. that I don't know about. Yeah. Should I get on eHarmony? It's the only one I'm <laughs> I don't on. Know. Maybe that's the, the secret, Chris. Maybe that's what you're missing. We need to maybe. make you an eHarmony profile. Maybe I'll call I'll call uh, Steve's assistant and see if she can help me. <laughs> see if she can assist you with creating that profile. I loved Steve. I loved his assistant. I wanted to know. I'm like, is the assistant married? What's the deal? Right. Here? You know, hey, 
Maybe it's I something felt, I could go on there. Yeah, I felt I felt some vibes there. I did too. You know who didn't feel vibes though? Him with the date, Candida. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He had two two dates that he went on, and like you said, the first one did not. It it wasn't yeah. happening. Either oh, the, Candida, the second, I think. Connie was the one that I felt he wasn't feeling so much. Oh, okay. That's the, that I the think. second That was date, the second one. Okay, yeah. yeah. He he was not feeling her for sure. <laughs> he was like, yeah. she's nice. And she was into him, though. She was like, hey, you know, when's our oh, second totally. date? He was like, whoa. And the assistant was like, she has pet rats. And that's what uh, <laughs> her, like, thing is. And he's like, okay, great. And, yeah, maybe he couldn't get past the rats. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a tough thing to get over. Would you date someone that had pet rats? Um... I don't think so. I'm an animal lover, but I think I got to draw the line at uh, at pet rodents. I am an animal lover as well, (laughs) but there's something about, yeah, like, I grew up with pet rabbits, which I guess are considered a rodent, Mm -hmm. but, like, they, number one, weren't, like, in the house. They were, like, in the garage. But also... Oh, in the garage? Rats, like, they have, like, a thing in in the garage. Oh, okay, like a little rabbit house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, We didn't just, like, leave them in the garage to run free. Mm. Uh, but (laughs) it's something about like rats gerbils hamsters Mm. mice i can't yeah i can't do it even if i'm in a house with them i'm like on edge the whole time right i would just think that they would get out and just like multiply like millions and millions of guinea pigs creatures in the house yeah i feel like i'll be overcome like gremlins a hundred percent i had my uh cousins had guinea pigs that got out (gasps) and then like had they had babies. They all got <gasps> out. No. And you could like hear them in the walls <gasps> and shit. Oh my God. That is like a nightmare for me. That's like I straight mean, out of. You got to move out. Oh my God. Yeah. Can you imagine hearing them in, at night? Like. <laughs> oh my God. That just gave me the heebie jeebies. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> not. Should we move into our first guest? Let's do it. Cause I'm so, so excited to bring on our guest. So let's bring him me in. Me too. <laughs> Okay, guys, first we have Jennifer Cook. She previously worked as a social worker and a teacher. She herself is on the spectrum, as are her husband and her three young children, which we get into in the show. We see the background, which is, or we hear her story, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, from her own struggles and self-discovery, Jennifer has built an empire on empowerment. She's authored a series of award-winning, best-selling autism-related books. She sits on the professional panel of the Autism Society of America. And on top of that, she's the go-to editorialist slash columnist for Amy Poehler's Girl Power Juggernaut Smart Girls at the Party. Let's welcome our first guest, Jennifer Cook. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Hello, how are y'all? <laughs> We're so good. So happy to have you here. Thank you for oh, joining I'm us. I'm so excited to be here. I've been like setting off the little alarms on the recording because I've been laughing so hard the whole time. <laughs> like, you want to talk? Do you want to? No, I'm just listening. <laughs> oh my God, thank you. How are yes. you? I'm doing great. I am so excited about this project and, you know, when we're recording, we're just just days away from the big launch, yes. and so I'm I'm thrilled. I cannot yes. wait. To next time, the good. Next oh, time yeah. we talk, you're going to be uh, a superstar. So, oh yeah, exactly. we're lucky to have got. She's going to have her could. shades on and paparazzi. You're going to be all around her, Jennifer. Well, Jennifer. That's usually how I rock it. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you become involved with the show from the beginning? You know, it. This is when you think things, I guess, that are supposed to happen, just happen. Um, So I was connected with the folks with um, 
Kian, the director, and his band of awesome people down in Australia when um, the original show debuted. And they just kind of got in touch with me, wanted to feel me out a little bit. And I honestly didn't know why. I thought they were just getting low down on, like, what do you, what's your take on this stuff? Because um, in the community, I guess they thought she's got stuff to say. So thank you. But turns out a year later, I actually hear from the producers and they're thinking, you know, they're saying we're actually going to be doing the U.S. version. What would you think of possibly working together? And they brought Kian in on some of the interviews and we did some chatting, got to go out and get out there and actually meet the folks. It was so much fun. It was great. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really just um, it happened fast and it just seemed right, I guess, from the beginning. That's amazing. Now, this season has a group of amazing people who we kind of follow their journey to love. So who did you work with on this cast or how long did you work with them? And what can you say about, you know, who you work with kind of watching their journey and kind of their improvements, if any, anything that you can share with us, with anyone in particular? Absolutely. Sure. So, so the two that I worked with um, that you see on camera, uh, well, first you all were talking about Abby. Mm -hmm. So that was the, the first one. And I don't, know if you've talked about the way um what I started doing was I realized that Abby is a little bit all over the place which happens for a lot of us I say mm -hmm. on the human spectrum first because before and after everything else that's what we are we're all on the human mm. spectrum yeah in a million different ways right and last time I checked nature doesn't come out with black white either or we tend to be all different shades of fabulous mm -hmm. and this is what is true for autism as well so um what I noticed with Abby was that her brain just like a lot of us who are neurodivergent, we're kind of, we're, we get right to the toenail of the matter is basically mm -hmm. what it comes to, mm -hmm. right? Forget the heart of the matter. We get to the toenail of the matter. And that's <laughs> a little bit where, where we would get sometimes. So a little bit here, a little bit there, it was challenging to, to be able to carry on a dialogue, right? So a conversation where she's not only reacting and giving the fabulous Abby, but also is able to take and hear and listen and then inquire what the guy in this case is kind of trying to get across. Mm -hmm. So we played a little game. And as you see on camera, we played a game with ping pong. And that was after she told me I looked like Ariel, which of course <laughs> then I was like, I'm in love with you. Let's do that. Yeah, which is a huge positive in her book. Oh, yes. Yeah. My daughter once told me, she said, she was growing up, she said, Mom, you used to look like Ariel, now you just look old. So thanks a lot, <laughs> my daughter. But I really don't think that. I'll take that as a compliment anyway. <laughs> we were able to focus her energy and her attention just a little bit more so that we weren't so scattered. We were able to have a conversation that ended up being about reality TV, actually. Mm -hmm. Come to think of it. And <laughs> Those little things, it was about the amazing race, which is one of my favorites anyway. So in those little moments in real life where you can, um, you know, because I'm on the spectrum, I guess I kind of easily and more naturally like intuit what maybe the challenges are that are going mm -hmm. on. And I think that was one of those situations. It wasn't so much about Abby needing to be able to articulate herself better, but to be able to respond in real time to what mm -hmm. somebody else is saying. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to roll this to you, but I'm going to roll a bunch of them. Ready? Yeah. Okay. So what do you like to do? What's your favorite color? My favorite color is... Do you is like dogs? Yes, my favorite color is like pink. tomorrow? Oh, uh, that's a lot of questions. It is a lot of questions. When somebody asks you a lot of questions like that, it's hard to figure them out and listen to what they're saying, which means I didn't get to know anything about Abby, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's try something different. Will you roll the balls back at me? What's your favorite thing to do? 
I like to play with my dog. What's your favorite thing to do? Uh, work out and swim. Roll back to me. Okay, great. What do you like best about swimming? Because mermaids swim. But I don't want to go too far out where there's dangerous animals. Roll it back. You just gave me a good answer. It was really exciting to see that conversation or that lesson play out because she was so excited when she realized she had had the conversation without even thinking that, like thinking about having to have the conversation. Absolutely. I thought that that moment was just really relatable, even to like you said, even like a human spectrum, because even just in building relationships and having conversations that back and forth with a ping pong was so like true, like man, in conversations, it's about giving and receiving. So I thought that mm-hmm. that was that was an Absolutely. awesome exercise to just watch. So it was great. Back. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah I and can go each like any direction to you got to be in real time. If you show up with a bunch of questions to a date. It's not an interview. That's not a date, right? Yeah. You got to be playing in real time to wherever the direction takes you. I, yeah, I'm totally. gonna take that and like have that at parties or something. Like that's yeah. such a great exercise. Like I really good loved advice it. For, yeah, not even just dates, just for yeah, life. conversation exercises. It was great. Yeah, yeah. And on the show, you shared that you found out that you were on the spectrum at the age of 35. How did your life change after finding out or getting your diagnosis? Yeah. So it. Awesome. Fabulous. You know, you spend a lifetime kind of wondering, what is just that? Something different that's not quite gelling. I don't present in what people think of as a like classically autistic way. So that it's really tough for women and girls, especially to get diagnosed and identified properly. I actually wrote a memoir called Autism and Heels. And that's because that's not what we're thinking of. We don't think of glam. We don't think of, you know, sort of that traditional, I don't know, quote unquote, old Hollywood glam kind of, you know, femininity. Mm -hmm. That was what my background was. That was what I was bringing to the table. And it wasn't, I wasn't being recognized. I was told I was too smart for my own good growing up. Like, what does that even mean? I don't even get that. Mm -hmm. But I would be able to understand academic things, social things. You know, I learned the rules. I learned to copy. I learned to mimic. I learned to mask. We're really, really good at that. But it's always a bit of an act as long as you're learning and trying to speak like a different language. It's almost like trying to speak socialese. Well, for me, once that could be pulled back, unzipped, I really could actually look around at the world and go, okay, wait, I can observe and realize that everybody's doing something. Everyone is observing and then thinking and then feeling and then doing and then observing and thinking and feeling and doing. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. I can jump into that cycle, then the world wasn't going to be this like crazy, mysterious place where I couldn't quite sure be sure how I fit in. Mm-hmm. I could jump in and um, affect change and affect the world in more potent ways. Is there a... Uh a reason why it's harder for women and girls to be diagnosed? Oh, yeah. It's just because when autism was first being understood or studied, this is like in the 1930s in um, Austria, they were studied, it was Hans Asperger, which is the word Asperger's comes from, right, mm. was studying little boys. So, I mean, it makes sense if you're like talking, you know, it's a very cis white male profile, right? So if that's mm. what you're familiar with, then guess what? That's who's going to fit in the profile. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if you isn't it, it up, always? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> switch it up a little and go. Oh my gosh, look at that! People can you know express themselves in different ways and still be meeting those same needs. Shocker, shocker. Then other people get to join the club. So 
How would you describe, you know, what having autism is like? On the show, we saw that Abby suggested watching The Girl Inside, which is an autism song on YouTube. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have. I have. <laughs> so how would you describe, you know? So for me, autism is, is many different things at once. One of the things that the biggest challenge, I would say, is feeling so smart but so stupid. Mm-hmm. That, for me, has been the hardest thing of working with it. Um, and living with it. But on the flip side, you know, there are a lot of good things that happen too, which is I think that we tend to be the most empathetic people that you're ever going to find. And there's this big myth that people on the spectrum don't feel, right? We're this very cold, unfeeling, like Spock thing. Mm. And that's just not the case. Once we understand, it's hard for us to take somebody else's perspective naturally, and it's hard to step into somebody else's shoes. But once we learn how to do that, do it to the point of like, I can't even watch Disney movies most of the time because I just start crying over, you know, I like one movie once and then that's it. I can't go back and watch it again because I'm going to be crying. (laughs) Uh, That's just how we are. So I would say that the plus is that I feel like we can see patterns. We can understand hearts better than I've ever, better than I think your average, your average Joe or Jane can. On the hard side, yeah, it can be hard to understand and explain why certain things come so easily and certain things that seem obvious to everybody else, don't. And you found out that all three of your kids were also diagnosed all around the same time. What was it like to learn that? And how old were they when they were diagnosed? So they were first. They were before me. Wow. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a daughter and then two sons. And so they were seven, three, and one at the time that they were diagnosed. And it was all called Asperger's back in the day. Now it's all just called autism. Um, for me, it wasn't anything scary. And maybe that's, maybe that's because I had some kind of inkling about myself. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was just that these are the same kids they've always been. And it made sense. It made the differences in what they were doing make sense. It's, you know, um, they're, they're really focusing on one interest so grandly, not because, um, you know, they're boring or because they can't imagine and play, which is what you would hear, which is what I'd be told. But no, because if they gather information, they're going to come up with the most amazing stories you're ever going to hear. So it was just a matter of flipping things on their heads and saying, okay, if this is what we're working with, well, what does that mean? And how can we make that a reality for a wonderful life? And so far it's working out pretty well. They're 19, 16 and 13 now. Um, wow. So I've got a house, a house full, and they're <laughs> yeah, tremendous. that's an interesting age stair step there. Oh lord, oh lord, yeah, it's yeah. aging me before my time, but that's okay. <laughs> Can you share a little bit about your personal experience with with dating and relationships? Sure, back in the BC before children, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. You know, I um. When, so when I was in high school, I was in musical theater. And you can tell yes, I'm very musical shy. theater. Hey. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. There's nerds among us. Yay. Right. <laughs> There's um, a show called Damn Yankees. And that's where you get that song, whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. Mm-hmm. So mm. I, that was me. When I was 15, I was cast as Lola in our high school musical. Before up here, to that here. time, like she's the she's the brain she you know used to be called dictionary head and blah blah well suddenly mm-hmm. I'm taking my clothes off and doing a striptease at 15 <laughs> and my life changes just slightly you know um it's the redhead thing I think but <laughs> from that moment on you know um I guess back to that like playing a part masking a little bit I found that I would use scripts I would use 
um, little nuances, little moves that I was using on stage in real life. So for me, then dating became pretty easy in that sense. But, 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 yeah, I could learn to chit chat. I could learn to make social ease, make it comfortable, make conversations happen. But also I'd still be thinking, you know, if somebody says to me, you want to go up to my room and listen to some music in college, like literally that's what he meant. And that's mm-hmm. not what he meant, right? Wow. You know, so you get yourself right. in dangerous situations. And when I was in college, I was in what became an abusive relationship. And unfortunately, that is like par for the course for so many people on the spectrum. Mm. Um, and because, you know, you, you take things for what they are, you don't see when you haven't had maybe as many experiences trying to read people's radar you don't see when other folks are um, taking power over you or are criticizing you. And if you, you're used to feeling criticized and you're then being criticized, especially if it's in private, it's really hard to see that that's something that should be happening. You know, most of us have a pretty extreme history of bullying, and I certainly did. So mm-hmm. um, for me, that was something that felt a little too natural. And it, it's not like anybody goes on a second date with somebody they think is going to abuse them, you know. So, yeah. But 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 things things worked out in the fact that I eventually mm-hmm. got out of that situation. I was actually remarried on Christmas Day three years ago. Um, so oh. yeah, I was married. I was married for fifteen years. Got a divorce, very amicable, um, with my kid's dad, um, and then met the love of my life. Who, yes, we got married on Christmas Day in our pajamas because what are you going to do? It had pancake. <laughs> oh, I love that. Wow, that sounds great. amazing. It was great. So, I love and that. Both of them were on time as well. Yeah. <laughs> And you mentioned already some of the the difficulties facing people on the spectrum dating. What do you find are some of the biggest challenges of it, of dating in general on the spectrum, aside from what you mentioned already? Right. I think, you know, it's going to be pretty similar to what you see with people in general, right? Again, Mm. it's life on the human spectrum, but with the volume turned up. I mean, really, Mm. that's what, what it is. You know, you're talking about um, challenges in keeping up easy conversations. So in the beginning, right, we're in the beginning, it's hard to connect, but keeping up a flow of easy conversation. We talked a little bit about the give and take and the being able to follow and not just like interview somebody. But after that, um, you know, it's it's learning to share over time and not necessarily throw yourself all, all, all in, you know, head over heels at once. It's slow sharing. It's learning to take perspectives. Um, it's learning to be able to find things in common and having that balance of things in common, but also things that are different. And how do we play with that? Like, how do I support you? And how do you support me if we're not like twinsies? Because mm-hmm. that's not real life, right? You know, yeah. It's, Finding, finding a soulmate who actually amplifies your soul. That takes time. Mm. It's hard. And when you're somebody who, Say that. Needs, yeah. right? <laughs> when, when you're, when you're, if you've had a, a life where maybe you've been bullied or excluded, then it's not going to be surprising if you hear a compliment and you, that compliment is like, I have just signed on the dotted line. I am here for this. You know, mm-hmm. that's not, it, it, it's not an yeah. obligation. It doesn't mean everything all at once. So it's it's a process, right? Dating is something that we, it's like yoga. You got to practice. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I got to take your advice here for myself. It's <laughs> a lot. I like, it's so, dating for me, I'm like, it's so awkward. I would just rather not do it. So, What's the awkward part? Yeah. What's the awkward part? <laughs> It just the converse, like to the forced conversation, which right. is ironic because I do make a living having conversation. conversation but, but you know I what you're going to say. 
you know what you're going to say and you've got That's your true. you've got a script in your head like you're mm-hmm. coming in and you're like hey i am mr expert i know my reality tv i am the man who knows this so i'm going to show up and i'm going to have things that are comfortable but if you go into a situation where all of a sudden there isn't a script there isn't a like mm-hmm. this is what mm-hmm. we're talking about today right mm-hmm. then that's suddenly spontaneous and that feeling of oh my you know like lord what am i going to do in real time yeah that's that's the anxiety that people on the spectrum really, really feel big time. Yeah. I mean, I love how just, you know, you explaining it for people who are on the spectrum and for people who are also not. I mean, we all are kind of suffering from the same thing, almost like what Chris said, just kind of like the going into dates and not really knowing what to say and the conversations. Yeah. So I I love seeing that aspect of the show. Why do you feel like it's important for there to be a show like this out there for people to see on television? You know, I think it is. Well, there are some reasons that have nothing to do with autism. I'm going to mention them first. Mm-hmm. I think that this show is the most beautiful telling of sto- of a story of humanity. Like this mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. when we are all the most vulnerable is when we are legit looking for that someone to not complete us, but be completely themselves with us when we can also be completely ourselves and create this beautiful thing. And that is what love is to me. It's sad to see, I think, so often when we talk about love and dating, we're talking about competitions. We're talking about people tearing each other down, right? Like that's the opposite of what this, this is a beautiful, marvelous sort of joyful celebration of, I think of humanity. And so, you know, you bring in then the other aspect of, and Hey, at the same time, we can open people's eyes and maybe teach some lessons that are broad and big and beautiful and Autism specific? Sure, kind of. I think that you can take away from anything on the show something that's going to apply to LGBTQ. I think you can yeah. talk about We live in a world where if we could all look just a little beyond labels and instead use words to help us understand one another rather mm-hmm. than separate ourselves from one another, I, you know, I think that's what this, this show is magic, I think. It really is. It is too. Man, it really is. I would say this is the first show that we've had to watch that I actually binged like almost all in one setting. Like I just couldn't stop watching it. I was just like, wow. I started it at like nine o'clock at night and I was just going to do like one or two episodes and I ended up watching the entire thing until yeah. like two thirty in the morning. <laughs> Same. Like, you know, what? I said like everybody needs to be equipped with pom poms for this show. Um, <laughs> you, you asked me before about like who I was working with. One of the folks is Sabod. Um, mm-hmm. So Sabod, yes. I like I just want to cheer. I want to yes. whip out my pom, like my old college pom poms. Be like, here I am. <laughs> you know, for like I am just because you cannot help but cheer for people. Yeah. Who, genuinely finding joy and when you see that i i really like her moment that you Mm -hmm. hear from him i just Mm -hmm. it's just it's beautiful stuff i loved seeing when they would be separate and seeing them talk about each other where they're basically talking the same way about each other yeah they made it official i had wondered i had what i know i had wondered you know do i teach him about pulling out the chair because that could get a little tricky and you know, do, do we always even really do that in real life? I know that I'm like, mm-hmm. that's better. Like, I don't know uh, anyone that was it, right? raised yeah. that well. Yeah, but he did it when he when he did it. 
they interviewed her, you know, interviewed her off camera or later on rather. And she says about, he pulled my chair out. He's such a gentleman. I was like, you know? Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> and we don't see you work with Danny on the show, but you know her from the autism community. What was it like watching her journey finding love? You know, it, Danny, yes, Danny, the, the autism community as a whole, we're big, but we're, we're tight at a certain point too. So, um, Danny, I know, and it was, my heart just was with her. So, uh, so mm. ginormously to see her kind of waffle in that line that we've all, we've all walked where we're trying to like somebody more than we necessarily do. And we're maybe projecting onto them something that we hope we're finding, but isn't necessarily there in the moment. Mm -hmm. Oh, we've, we've, I've been there for sure. And so my heart was Me so too. with her wanting, you know, and then what do you do about that? And how do you have that conversation? Mm -hmm. God bless her. I just, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I felt I've been there before girl. It was, it was, it was a tenderhearted thing. So mm -hmm. she's going to, she's going to be fantastic. She just needs to find oh, her. Yeah. When she does, when she finds her person, it's going to be like click, boom, perfect. That's all. Oh, a hundred percent. And they better like animation too. <laughs> yeah. And when that happens, it's going to be like, oh, where were you my entire life? You know? <laughs> yeah. Amen. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. Where can our listeners find you online or on Insta? Absolutely. Insta, it's Jennifer Cook, author. And um, my website is actually Jennifer O'Toole, O-T-O-O-L-E, author.com. That's the old name. Still have to switch the site. But um, <laughs> I would love, would love to connect with folks out there because it really is. This is such an important moment. And I'm just thrilled that um, I'm thrilled that the show is getting the reception that it is. And yeah. like, this is good stuff, people. This is hard stuff. Yeah, I mm -hmm. think you're going to definitely get a lot of people reaching out to you oh, um, so. your inbox will be filled by <laughs> the end of the day yeah. on the 18th <laughs> you're sweet you're very sweet take care y'all thank you thank so you. much okay bye-bye our next guest is danny she's perhaps the boldest personality of of love on the spectrum us she's very bubbly californian she's built herself a remarkable career and a business that she started at age 14 which is wild and provides animation education and training to other young people including those on the spectrum hello how's things going good how are you i'm doing fine thank you so much so you ready for this have you bet my name is danny i am 26 years old you could say I have a mixture of six different nationalities. So mostly Mexican, Caucasian, and a smidge of Asian. I am single, and I am on the autism spectrum. Are you looking for love, Danny? I am. And you know what? She is very serious about her animation and her business-minded approach, which means that, you know, her potential suitors also have to be sure that, you know, they have their stuff together because she's not playing any games, mm -hmm. which I thought was great because, girl, I can relate. I mean, I'm married mm -hmm. now, but when I was dating, I can relate, girl. So <laughs> I'm really excited to have her on the show. Let's welcome Danny Bowman to the show. Hi, Hello, Danny. How are you? Hello, Lauren. <laughs> How are you? Definitely so excited to be here in this show. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, oh. We are so happy to have you here, Danny. Yeah, you were so great on the show. I think people are going to be obsessed with you from mm -hmm. the get. You could give lessons on dating as well as animation. Speaking of animation, tell us about your career. What does a typical day look like and what do your lessons include? 
So sure, what is my day like? Definitely, you could say I get up in the morning just um, checking some emails and just making sure that I have the everything on the go, keeping my entire list organized、mm-hmm. to make sure all the students are being taught during the one-on-one session. So at Danimation, we currently provide one-on-one sessions for youth on the autism spectrum. I also sometimes I put my put myself in schedule with some、um, other in-house animation productions. Oh wow! Amazing. Busy. Now- I know, busy woman. So, what do you like most about animation? I know that's probably a hard question for you to answer because you love it so much. What I really like about most about the animation process is seeing it, the whole entire pipeline, the the prospect from concept to completion,、mm-hmm. seeing the students of animation coming to life.、Mm-hmm. I love that, and we see you dating obviously on the show, and you will not settle, which I love. Why <laughs> is it so important for you to have a partner whose ambition matches your own? It is because、um, it will keep the relationship.、Um, Last longer because you have to have the paychecks. They have to stay motivated, or otherwise,、uh, it's it's really hard because the divorce rates are like really high because、mm-hmm. people tend to settle for the wrong people. They sure do. Yeah, that is the truth. What qualities do you look for in a partner? Now we saw some on the show of of kind of what you like in a partner, but can you share it with us? I just want to be sure my partner, my ideal partner, would be somebody who is motivated. We just have to be sure to. Even though we are independent, who could be able to work independently, we still have to depend on each other. Like we're, like we're working partners.、Mm. It's it's the biggest thing. And also, hygiene is the most important thing、mm. that I need. <laughs> that both my partner and I both have to work on. Oh yeah, I'm there hygiene- with you. I totally agree. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. If if the hygiene's not there, what's the point? Right. We we can't do this, baby. Uh、uh-uh. uh. That's true. <laughs> Have you seen the show already? I actually saw the first episode, and、um, it's real. All the editing process is so amazing. It's always great to see myself on camera, and especially how they edited my certain types of analogies, like kissing many frogs to find the right guy, and catching a big fish, like catching a whale, or using the double helix analogy. Yes, you、that. have some good analogies, girl. So, how do you feel about the show coming out? Are you excited? Are you nervous about it? So excited and definitely nervous at the same time because you know there's because it's two days left. I'm just so excited when it comes out. I don't. I'm not so sure how others will see me, but hey, it's just me. I'm just having fun. I'm just being myself. Yeah, absolutely. That's the most important thing. I think people are going to really、uh, love you and really resonate with with、oh, absolutely everything that you say. What made you want to be a part of the show when they approached you? I wanted to be part of the show because while I have dated some, being on the spectrum, meeting potential love interests is really difficult because finding someone who understands me and how busy I am is hard. And at first, the guys could say they could handle me being so busy, but they realize that yeah, I am really busy. <laughs> I guess I need to work on making time and. And I thought this show could help me. So you say you're busy, and they assume they know what your idea of busy means. What are you most excited for people to see? What I am most excited for everybody to see on the show is Tiny Journey itself by、um, dating and looking for somebody, and which one is compatible or not. And especially me, speed dating is also going to be one of the most fun parts of the series. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, speed dating is definitely quite the experience. So we actually saw you on your first date with Solomon and you let your guard down and you guys even kissed. But after the date, you said that kissing on the first date was a mistake. So what made you feel that way? What made me feel that way is um, kissing on the first date. Well, I, I just got too carried away by how much he looks and I thought he was the right guy. But then I suddenly realized I kind of regret that because we don't have so many in common. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can oh, relate, I've, been there. I've been there too. Lust. I was going to say, I've been there too. They look good and you get lost in their eyes. <laughs> you okay? I am in love with you. Um, huh? I think you are so hot. What's up, Solomon? Oh, I just want to take a little break. Yeah, sure. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You need to take a break, take a break. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> okay, maybe the situation's a little awkward. I think I might have frightened him off. How do you feel that your autism impacts your dating life? Well, with my autism, I have um, challenges with my communications. And there are some parts that um, guys would totally misunderstand from what I what I say. I'm still working on my challenges in communication to be able to explain things. And especially, I've learned from the show. I've learned about ex- I learned about um, boundaries because it's important to set your boundaries because um, that way the guy will the, the love interest the potential love interest what to do and what not to do. They think they could be able to get away with things, but mm-hmm. I won't get away. I know that's right. (laughs) So are you friends with anyone else that was on the show? Do you keep in touch with anyone? I do keep in touch with Abby. I've known her since um, Spectrum Laboratory and um, also Generation A as well. And she has an amazing social, um, she has an amazing social media, which Mm -hmm. is really cool on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And also, I'm also keeping in touch with um, Adon as well. Oh. Um, Also dated. (laughs) Is there any romance still? still there well it's not coming in but um he's he's busy he's just um working he's just right now focusing on university what is the update on your dating life when it comes to dating life um i you could say i went back to my um working routine as usual still working on some one-on-one animation sessions Uh, we're working on some in-house animation production still growing my business and i'm working with the cbs on a project called the CBS Pipeline Challenge, where we are developing a short narrative film for five different nonprofits here in Los Angeles. And in 2020, I received my BFA, I mean, I received my MBA and applied for a PhD in positive developmental psychology, focusing on autism, because I I was accepted to Claremont Graduate University. However, I decided to step back to focus on growing my company before going back to school. Wow. wow, you've been very busy. Yes, you have in the best ways. I love it. You're so inspiring, totally. Danny. I, yeah. I love everything about you. So what dating advice do you have for others that are looking for love? Can you give us some dating tips? You just have to take it slow because um, when you're dating with somebody, you just have to um, keep that. You have to keep diving deeper of who the person does. That's why I have to take things slower and also set your most important, most important thing is Set your boundaries. Mm-hmm. That way, it can, that way we can you and both of the potential partner will understand each other. Yeah, that's great very good advice. advice. Yes, 
Absolutely. So you obviously teach animation for a living. We see how passionate you are about it throughout the show. And I mean, as we're sitting here, we can see all your degrees and everything hanging behind you. Would you ever or have you ever done like a feature film animated? I've never have done a feature length film before. It would. Well, it would be a great thing to do. Yeah, I'm very open to do a feature length film movie, but I was hoping to to do a television series. I've always wanted to become an animation showrunner for an animated TV series. Yeah, I've always wanted to write an animated series, but I wouldn't know where to begin. The most important goal here is um, it always begins with finding the right people. Mm. Getting the right people on the bus and getting the wrong people off the bus. I know that's right. That needs to be my model for life, Danny. That is excellent advice. And did you ever study drawing or is that just natural talent? Well, it's um, in the beginning, it's... um, it's natural, but however, what I did is I taken a couple of Glenn Vilpu classes to, um, you know, about the artist named Glenn Vilpu. I don't. He's a legendary um, figure drawing artist who taught me the importance about figure drawing. And figure drawing is a potential skill that every animator must learn because you must draw life first before you get into before you break the rules. Do you have um, any top three tips for someone who wants to learn animation? So the one most important tip for um, people who want to learn how to do animation, just take some classes, some cool animation classes. Even if you're outside, even if you're in high school, it's always good to take some animation classes outside of your formal education because you might um, you might be able to get your skills leveled up before going to college or university to get your degree in animation. Getting a degree is necessary because it's it helps it boosts your credentials. But still, I take a lot of animation classes. I always got to sharpen those skills. There's also looking up some YouTube videos uh, that have the 12 principles of animation. Hmm. I teach them the mm-hmm. basics of 12 principles of animation because these are the, uh, the important fundamentals if you want to get there. Hmm. And um, a third tip is that if anybody wants to um, get into animation, Start with a very start with a very basic software and then level up as you keep um, going. All right. Good advice. Well, Danny, this has been so informative and just so great to talk to you. Thank you so much for for doing this. Totally my pleasure. And thank you so much for the invitation. Where can we find you on Instagram? You can find me under Dini Bowman One. Or you could just simply Google me. That's right. So guys, be sure that you guys, you know, if you're interested in taking some animation classes. Reach out to Danny. You're so talented. Such a beautiful personality. Thank you so much, Danny, for for joining us on today's show. Okay, wow. That was such a great, like, a a great conversation. I feel like it flew by. I loved talking. I could talk to both of them all day. Man, and I learned so much, both of them. Like you said, it was, I love learning things, and I love love. Me too. So this was, like, a great show for me. Perfect combination of, of both of those things. So, Yes. So grateful to our guests today for, for coming on the show. It was so, so great. And next week's episode, we are talking The Circle seasons one through three and, of course, the new season, season four. So we'll be going over where they are now, plus the winner of season four. Mm, the winner! <laughs> Who we can't reveal. No, we can't tell it. So y'all gonna have to watch and then y'all gonna have to meet us next week so we can all have a kiki 
and go over the receipts and the tea and all that good stuff. So guys, don't forget to please send us your questions. What's on your mind? Like, what do you think about the circle? What do you think about love on the spectrum? What do you think Mm -hmm. about the podcast? We want to hear it all, you guys. So be sure that you email us at receipts at castmedia.com. Don't forget that's cast with a K, K K-A-S-T media.com. Or slide into our DMs. I'm at Fat Carrie Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. And I'm need for L speed. But make sure to follow. Seriously, please hit that follow button. It used to be subscribe. Now it is follow. Rate, mm-hmm. review. We have the receipts wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to watch us exclusively on To Doom, the official Netflix site to help find and fuel your fandom for the shows and movies you love. That's netflix.com slash T-U-D-U-M. That's right. Today's episode of We Have the Receipts is a production by Netflix, To Doom, and Cast Media. We're your hosts, Chris Burns and Lawrence B. Hamilton. Special shout out to our guests today, Jennifer Cook and Danny Bowman. Our producers are Amanda Elliott and Diana Goldman. Our executive producers are Colin Thompson and Harris Lane. Our editor is Patrick Carrion. Our technical engineer is Travis Holden. Design and animations by Patrick Carrion and Jeff Schweikart. See you next week. See you next week.